Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. My name's Jeff Regan. I'm the Lion's Eye, his private eye. I work for Anthony J. Lyon, head of the International Detective Bureau. He doesn't care where the money comes from, just so long as it comes to him. He cashes in on trouble, and for him, it pays off. For me, it's work. Here's the kind of adventure you've been waiting to hear. Hard-boiled action and mystery with radio's most exciting private detective, Jeff Regan. So stand by for trouble and suspense in tonight's story of The Prodigal Daughter. And now, here's Jack Webb as Jeff Regan. Well, this is the way it started. Melody was sitting in the outer office wearing her horn-rimmed glasses. That told me that the client was in with a lion. I smiled at her, and she blinked back, rolled her eyes toward the lion's den. He's polite today. Yeah, I know. On the phone, I was Jeffrey. No. Yeah? Why do you stand for it? I wish I knew, Melody. Buzz me in, will you? Yes, Melody? Mr. Regan, do you know, Mr. Lyon? Oh, well, send him in. Send him in. We're waiting. Good luck. Thanks. Ah, Jeffrey. Jeffrey, my boy. My boy, come in, come in. There's uh, someone here I want you to meet. Now then, Jeffrey... Mr. Carter, this is Mr. Jeffrey Regan, one of my very best men. Jeffrey, this is Mr. Daniel Carter. How do you do? How do you do, Mr. Regan? Mr. Lyon has assured me that you're a discreet young man. Well, I always... All of discreetness, Mr. Carter. International Detective Bureau is ethically bound to employ sympathetic understanding personnel, as well as alert productive operators. I hope that's true, Mr. Lyon. In my publishing business, I never had the occasion to settle my trust on any one person. Very delicate situation, Jeffrey. Yeah. Go ahead, Mr. Carter. Everything said in this room is in the strictest confidence. Well, I want you to know that it wasn't easy for me to come here. It's, uh, it's admitting defeat in a way. Patrice is my daughter. Five years ago, she walked out. Oh, I... I can understand in a way... When her mother died, I started sending her away to school. I I was no companion for her. Have you heard from her at all? Do you know where she is? I've never heard from her, Mr. Regan, since she left. I don't know where she is. But I... I want her back, Mr. Regan. I can see how you feel. International is in business to make people happy. Now, uh, 
I've offered Mr. Lyon a $2,000 fee if he can find my daughter. 2000 bucks. That figures. <clears throat> now, you can trust International to find your daughter and bring her back. Hmm. Well, then I, I guess that's all, Mr. Regan. I, I'll go now. You'll let me know as soon as you find anything? Of course, of course. Then good day, gentlemen. Trust International, Mr. Carter. Good day. Here's your ticket. You leave on the Sunset Limited at 145 today. I do? You're going to New Orleans to pick up that dame and bring her back. She was 19 when she left home, and any dame who's 19 has a boyfriend next door. I found out that much in two phone calls. The boyfriend hasn't heard from her in over a year. But that means she's got another boyfriend down there. Here's the New Orleans address. You knew all this? Here's a picture of her. She's just been staying away from the old man. This is going to be a nice piece of change. Two grand for bringing her back. Plus expenses. How do you know she'll come back with me? She walked out all alone, that means she wants to be all alone. Maybe we could make another thousand if some nosy newspaper guy just happens to get tipped and wants money to keep quiet. You're crawling with ethics, aren't you? Melody will give you some travel checks. Sympathetic? Understanding? Better pack some things before you miss your train. Just in business to make people happy. I want to be happy, too. Beat it. Call me if... Two days later in New Orleans at the Roosevelt Hotel, home of the original Ramus Gin Fizz, I figured it would take a lot of fizz to pull away that southern heat, but everybody in the lobby seemed cool enough in linens, tropicals, and seersuckers, except me and a big perspiring man leaning against the CNS ticket tire. He smiled when he saw me and came across the lobby holding out his hand. Well, well, I'm really glad to see you. We thought you'd never get here. Nice trip. It was all right. See, the rest of the boys are headquartered in 810. Mighty anxious to meet you. They are? Mighty anxious. Uh, Delta Cotton Growers are going to make it or break it at this convention. Now, I want to... He was talking real sincere and bent over to make a gesture. The accent was phony, but the bulge inside his double-breasted gabardine coat was real enough. It was a 38 automatic. I see. I'll take you up right now. Uh... Why don't I meet you up there later, huh? Well, all right, if you'd rather. That's uh, room 810. I'll go out and get a bite and eat. You do that. About an hour. Clerk. Uh, yes, Mr. Regan? How long have the Delta Cotton Growers been in town? Uh, Delta Cotton Growers? Uh-huh. Boy, they had their convention last May. Last May? Yes, uh, Who's registered in... Room 810. Well, we have no 810, Mr. Regan. <laughs> That's what I thought. Thanks. What do you do with a big man, a phony accent, 38 automatic, and no Delta Cotton Growers Convention? You tell me. Two hours later, in a fresh shirt and a wrinkled suit, I was still working on that one as I climbed the stairs to the Ursuline Street address where Patrice Carter lived. It was one of those dirty, unpainted apartment houses in the French Quarter, full of heat and low-watt light bulbs. The girl who opened the door was tall, black-haired, wore a black dress. 
The picture Lion had given me of Patrice Carter was a blonde. Yes? My name's Regan. I wonder if I could see Patrice Carter. Huh? Patrice, you're a friend of hers? Yeah, I'm from Los Angeles. How do you do, Mr. Regan? I'm Janice King, Patrice's roommate. Please come in. Uh -huh. Right this way. Maybe it was because the two big rooms I followed her through were dimly lit, or maybe it was a sweet, sick smell of flowers. I don't know, but perspiration began to trickle down my back, and I braced myself when Janice King opened another door. Here you are, Mr. Regan. She was young, lovely, and blonde, with a burning candle, very dead. Patrice Carter. I just stood there in the dark room, and I looked down at her. I think there were other people in the room feeling the same as me, and thinking the same thoughts. I must have stayed that way for five minutes. And then I felt Janice King touch my arm. Did you know Patrice very long? No, I didn't know. She asked to have it this way. I know how you must feel being a friend, Mr. Regan. Look, Miss King, I didn't know her at all. and I didn't know that she was passed away. I'm a private investigator. I was hired by Daniel Carter to locate his daughter. Daniel Carter? You knew that she had a father. Yes, Mr. Regan, I knew. She told me about him. She told me everything. Oh, you aren't the first one who's been here looking for her. There have been others. Detectives and lawyers trying to get her to go back. Carter knew she was here? If he'd loved her for just one unselfish moment, she'd never have left him. Well, Mr. Regan, she's where he can't bother her anymore. She's where he can't ever see her. Tell him that when you go back. Tell him she's going to be buried tomorrow. Tell him he can stop hiring lawyers and detectives to find her. Why don't you take him a copy of her death certificate? That ought to satisfy him. Now get off! Get out! Well, the whole thing had looked too easy right from the beginning. I took her advice and I went down to the morgue to get the dope on Patrice Carter's death. There was one white coat there, a little man with a bald head who introduced himself as Oliver Fig. So you're from Los Angeles? So how are things in Los Angeles? What'd you say your name was? Regan, International Detective Bureau. Came here to locate a girl named Patrice Carter. I just came from her apartment. Mm-hmm. And she's dead. Yeah, I know. How? <laughs> Might have wiggled herself to death. Did a dandy strip number at Joe Glorioso's joint. Stripper? Yeah, you got him in Los Angeles, ain't you? Seen that Carter dame lots of times. Great! Uh, well, I thought maybe you could give me a copy of the death certificate. I gotta take something back with you. Sure, me. sure. Glad to do it. Oh, she was a real girl. Shame, dirty shame. So how's things in Los Angeles? And let's see. Blanky. No, not the same guy. Blackly, blacker. Homicide? They fished him out of the river. Mississippi mud. <laughs> Get it? Got it. <laughs> so how's things in Los Angeles? Here you are. Carter. Patrice Carter. 731 Earthland. Mm-hmm. Coroner's report referred to Dr. Emmett Trozzi. He out. Dame died three days ago of leukemia. Let me see that. Sure. Leukemia. And she knew. 
Sure. You get tipped plenty in advance on leukemia. Any doctor will tell you almost to the day. Nothing else? I mean, was there something fishy about it? Nah, all kosher. So how's things in Los Angeles? Any relatives? None listed. Well, that's it, I guess. Can I have a copy of it? Sure, sure. Take that. We got plenty more. Lots of people want death certificates for legal reasons. I once knew a guy who saved them like cigar bands or stamps. One whole wall of his bedroom, papered with nothing but death certificates. Imagine all homicides. So how's things in Los Angeles? Yeah, this is fine, Oliver. <laughs> See you around. Glad to hear things are better in Los Angeles. go back to the hotel and try to get a reservation out of town. When I asked for my key, the clerk passed me three printed messages telling me that a Mr. Lyon of Los Angeles had been calling. When I got to my room, he called again. Regan, is that you? Where you been? Keep your shirt on. Come on, tell me. Did you see her? Yeah, I saw her. What'd you say? She's gonna play ball? How soon are you coming back? She didn't say anything and we aren't coming back. What do you mean? She's dead. What? D-E-A-D. Dead. She can't do that. It happened three days ago. Leukemia. Now, wait a minute. Old man Carter's paying us $2,000 to bring her back. They're going to bury her tomorrow morning, and they don't want any interference. She was laid out. Her roommate laced me up and down for working for the old man. Name of Janice King. Good-looking brunette. I told Carter we'd bring back his daughter, and we will. There's 2000 bucks in this, and you know how I feel about money. Yeah, I know. So get busy. Now, look. I've done a lot of dirty, rotten things for you, but he's an old man and he's sick and I'm... And he doesn't wear dark glasses because it's a sunny day. He's almost blind. Now go on over and get that roommate and bring her back. He'd never know the difference. I won't do it. Offer her 500 bucks to come here and pose as Patrice Carter for a week. And she can take a powder. I won't do it. I'm calling Carter first thing in the morning and telling him you found his daughter. And that you're on your way back to Los Angeles. I won't... Do it. It was in the French Quarter. They served a thing called a Sazerac and promised a very good floor show at one o'clock. I sat there watching the piano player and feeling kind of sorry for myself. I figured I had more trouble than anybody else, so I had three for Regan. It was about then a tall redhead with a long cigarette holder eased off her stool at the other end of the bar patted a bald-headed guy on the head and came over my way. She gave me time enough to get a whiff of her perfume and then leaned into me. James? Mm-hmm. Me too. I'm the new headliner. I'm going to dance pretty soon. You ain't anti-social, are you, mister? No, Red. I'm just lonesome for home. Where's that? Los Angeles. Hey, that's a good town. And what are you doing here? Work. I'm the new stripper. Oh, yeah. You told me. Mm-hmm. That's a tough racket. Pick him up and put him down. Put him on. Take him home. Ten years now. That right? Mm-hmm. How about drink? No, never when I'm working. Later, maybe? 
Maybe. Are you sure you ain't antisocial? I look all right, don't I? I mean, I ain't flipping. Jimmy. Let's go. No hard feelings, Red. I just want to see your face. You're crazy or something? Come on, stand still now in the light. What's the matter? Something wrong with me? No, not a thing, not a thing, baby. You're just fine. How long did you say you've been dancing? I've been dancing ten years. Let go. Oh, hold still. That makeup. You wear it all the time. I'm doing my business. You had me scared there for a minute. You oughtn't to grab hold of a girl like that. Red, you mind if I ask you a personal question? Well, now, wait a minute. I just met you. Now, it's about your face. What's the matter with my face? (laughs) Well, it's beautiful. Oh. (laughs) Oh, sugar. That grease paint and makeup. Using it heavy like that for a long time, it's... Hard to get off, huh? Oh, can't ever get all of it off. When you've been in the business as long as I have, always got to have some of it on. Yeah, that's what I thought. Uh, is that what you wanted to ask me? Uh, that's it. Well, you can get more personal than that. <laughs> You're a screwy, but I like you. Not like you, Red. Uh, <laughs> Thanks. Hey, where are you going? What about the drink after my number? Rain check me, Red. I got things to do. <laughs> to go back to Janice King's apartment. It was a sticky, sick kind of New Orleans night. From one lighted street, I turned off on Ursuline, a darker, dirtier street. I stopped right in the middle of the block. All kinds of people have followed me at one time or another, and I followed all kinds of people. But this had a professional feel to it. Stood there, listening, remembering my automatic in my suitcase back at the hotel. It only took him a second. He was a professional, all right. All I could see was well-pressed gabardine, two arms, and a hand-painted tie. The next thing was a gun butt carefully wrapped in a white linen handkerchief. Settled slowly against the side of my head. One of the well-pressed arms reached over and held me under the shoulders. I yelled at the top of my lungs, but there wasn't any noise. Regan of International was out as cold as a can of beer. Turn to Jeff Regan, investigator, in just a moment. An easy way to save for future security is by a payroll deduction for savings bonds. Or if you're not paid on a salary basis, you can purchase savings bonds at your nearest post office, bank, or savings and loan association office. Now is the time to ask your employer to start deducting for savings bonds or to buy a bond on your own. If no other plan is feasible, your bank will deduct enough each month from your savings or checking account to buy a savings bond. For money in the future, buy United States savings bonds. You'll be glad you did. And now, back to the story of the prodigal daughter and Jeff Regan, investigator. Uh, we won't pay any attention to him, honey. The next thing I knew, a man in a straw hat and a polo shirt was kneeling down beside me, carefully smelling my breath. 
Easy. Easy now, buddy. Uh, easy. Mm. You've been making whoopee. Yep. That says Rack will do it every time. Ooh. You know, you folks visiting down here ought to be more careful. Get your suit all dirty. It hit me on the side of the head. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the side of the head, sometimes the back. No difference at all. Always wind up in the same place, on the street somewhere. Mm. Had enough for the night? Yeah, plenty. Mm-hmm. I'll take you to your hotel. Huh? That's my cab. I nearly ran over you. Your first trip? Yeah. Well, you know better next time. Oh. He is in now. Did you see my friend? Hmm? Big man, gabardine suit. See nobody. Want to look for him? Later. See, what you hunting for? My wallet. Somebody take it? No. Nothing's missing. Everything's right here. Mm-hmm. Honest town. Oh, yeah. You're so right. Well, you feel better when you get back to your place. Yeah. Sure. Sure. It wasn't quite right. I didn't feel better until the next morning when I got a telegram and read, Found out Carter's broke. Come back. Forget the whole thing. Lion. And that was the first good news I'd had in three days. Oh, it's you. What are you doing here? She's buried, gone. Yeah, I know. I came back to see you. Wait a minute. You can't come in here. I just did. What do you want now? You. Yes, you. I was hired to come to New Orleans and bring Patrice Carter back to Los Angeles. She's dead and buried, and you know it. That's what you say. That's what a death certificate says. There's only one thing I learned lately. Don't believe what people say. Don't believe what death certificates say. I don't know what you're trying to do, but well, I'll... stop it, will you? I know you're Patrice Carter, and I know the girl who was buried yesterday with the real Janice King. And I know somebody's trying to make a monkey out of you and a monkey out of me. I... Now, listen to me. If, if I have to, I can have that body exhumed. I can go into fingerprints and birthmarks you and a lot of things, but I don't think I'll have to. You see, Patrice Carter wasn't the type to do a striptease for a living. You're just trying to make something out of nothing. I'll call the police and have them arrested. Last night, I ran into the redhead who took her place. She told me what a tough life it is. Ten years of wearing grease paint can be kind of rough on your skin. The dead girl I saw had those kind of marks. The girl I'm looking for couldn't have been in the business that long. Why don't you leave me alone? I... I don't know who talked you into a thing like this, but it's all wrong. He's an old man now. He's broke and lonely and he wants to see you. I don't know what your differences are, but I want to take you back. <laughs> what do you say? He was so off. He hated me. I know he did. I never want to see him again. What's he been telling you, honey? Oh, Tim. Oh, Tim, he knows everything. He doesn't know anything. And he'll never know anything. This your boyfriend? He had a phony accent when he tried to shake me down in the hotel lobby. Get out of here, William. I played ball and you had to quit trying. It all fits now. This guy's been holding your hand for the last year. He's been real sympathetic. Can't get out before I throw you out. He told you how to trade names with that poor kid who was dying of leukemia. He told you to send me to that morgue for a death certificate. And he dropped me in the gutter last night to make sure I had it. You know why? Don't listen to this character. Baby's off his not. He's a private detective from Los Angeles who's been getting paid to make love to you. No. No. Even I told you to shut up. Oh, he was good at the side street work, but this was an apartment. He didn't have enough room to move fast. I let him have the top of my head under his chin for a starter. 
And then I took a lot of feet in my face. But when he started across the carpet pulling for that 38, I saw my chance. She stood there and watched him go down. Recognize the touch. Here. Here's his wallet. Look for yourself. Here, catch. Timothy Conover, private investigations. Well? Come on, kid. I'll take you back home. Oh, I didn't know you had someone with you. I'll see you later, Melody. The lion in. Uh, yes, but I wouldn't go in. He's in a bad mood. Uh huh. What else? Come on, Pat. Regan! So you finally got back, did you? I suppose you've earned an expense account that it took a horse. Let me tell you that it's all coming out of your salary. We didn't make a nickel on that Carter thing, and who's this? Patrice Carter. How do you do, Mr. Lyon? I thought I told you to leave her down there. Because that old schmo was giving us the runaround and hasn't got a nickel to his name. Besides, she's dead. Yeah, she's dead. That's right. Here's a death certificate to prove it. Now listen to me before you blow the rest of your cylinders. I went to a lot of trouble to bring this girl here. Well, you can send her back where she came from and I'll take her fare out of your salary. On the train coming back, Mr. Reed explained a great many things to me about myself. And about you, Mr. Lyon. Well, I wish you'd explain something to me. When I was a baby, my father placed a trust in a large holding company under my name. $50,000. And I can claim it any time after my 21st birthday. Yeah? How old are you now? Old enough. Mr. Regan found out that much. I made a phone call to Dunn and Bradstreet and a lot of things. Go on, go on. Nothing more, Mr. Lyon, except I claimed that trust today. And I'll be glad to pay you the $2,000 fee that my father promised you. Well, well, now, that's very generous of you, Miss Carter. International Detective Bureau is proud to have had a small part in bringing you and your estranged father together. I'm not going back to him, Mr. Lyon. I don't want to see him. Now, now, my dear, you're upset. Leave her alone, Lyon. Now, look. I tussled with a private detective named Conover down in New Orleans. He'd been hired by old man Carter to convince Pat that she should switch names with a burlesque girl who was dying of leukemia. Conover does a good job. When the girl dies, Conover wires Carter. Carter comes to you, you call me in and hustle me off to New Orleans, where, according to a perfect setup, I find a phony Patrice Carter dead. I bring back a death certificate, which you turn over to Carter, and then he walks right down and collects that trust fund, which reverts to the original maker only on death. Mm, and him with that story about being old and lonely and wanting only to see his daughter. Telling me he'd pay me a $2,000 fee. Why, that dirty crook, he's no better than I am. He tried to make a sucker out of me. He did. You fell for the whole thing. Mm. Trust fund in your name. Well, that young lady... You can sit right down here at my desk and make out your check. And then I think that as long as you're in town, you might just drop over and see your old father. International Detective Bureau is in business to make people happy. Uh, and That's was, all. Uh, Did everything come out all right? Yeah, I guess so. She's writing a check. That's what he wants. 
Cigarette? Yeah. Thank you. Why do you do it, Jeff? Hot in here, isn't it? The air feels good. Makes you clean. Uh, he doesn't care whether it's homicide or arson or a lost daughter or just people getting kicked around. He makes money on it. I help him. He didn't answer me. Why do you do it? I don't know, Melody. I don't know. Remember, an easy way to save for the future is to buy United States savings bonds. You can buy bonds at your nearest post office, bank, or savings and loan association, or you can ask your employer to start deducting for a bond a month on the payroll savings plan. A bond a month is good security for the years to come. For money in the future, buy United States savings bonds now. You'll be glad you did. Jack Webb is featured as Jeff Regan, investigator, with Wilms Herbert as Anthony J. Lyon and Lorette Philbrandt as Melody. Tonight's cast included Betty Lou Gerson as Red, Lou Krugman as Conover, Theodore Von Elts as Mr. Daniel Carter, Eve McVeigh as Patrice Carter, and Harry Lang as... How's things in Los Angeles? Remember, it's CBS same time next week for hard-boiled action and mystery with radio's most exciting private detective, Jeff Regan as he tells the story of the lonesome lady. Jeff Regan, investigator, is written by E. Jack Newman, produced and directed by Gordon T. Hughes, with original music by Del Casillo. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Jeff Regan. I'm the lion's eye, his private eye. Gumshoe, peeper, Seamus, whatever you want to call it. 
I work for Anthony J. Lyon, International Detective Bureau. He's a guy who likes to make money. But when he makes money, I get into trouble. Here's the kind of adventure you've been waiting to hear. Hard-boiled action and mystery as told by Jeff Regan, investigator. So stand by for trouble. Stand by for suspense. Stand by for adventure. In tonight's story, The Lonesome Lady. And now, here's Jack Webb as Jeff Regan. Well... This is the way it started. Everything was routine. Melody was at her typewriter working on the usual sheet of paper backed by the usual four carbons. Routine. The smell of the lion's 50-cent cigar hung in the room. Routine. And the air conditioning was out of order. All routine. I looked over Melody's shoulder and read the memo. Attention, International Detective Bureau, Anthony J. Lyon, from the American Insurance Company Claims Division. Here you are. Keep the original for yourself and give the others to Mr. Lyon. I guess you're going to be on me. On what? You beautiful thing, you. Huh? <laughs> Jeff. Jeff, Jeff, don't. Jeff, don't do this. Somebody might vote you. Mr. Lyon, I'll tell you all about it. Matter, no. new boyfriend, huh? <laughs> Not Jeff. <laughs> Mr. Lyon's waiting for you. Okay. I'll talk to you later. Regan. Ever hear of a guy named John Arenzo? Nope. A doctor named Maurice Wade? Nope. A French dame named Marie Rochelle Portier? Nope. Should I? Maybe. I don't know yet. It's all routine stuff on that American insurance company contract. They want us to do a little work for them. Their claim man came in about an hour ago all excited about Renzo. He kicked off early this morning. I can't very well meet him. It is a time and a place for wisecracks, and this isn't it. It figures. Lorenzo kicks off, and the American Insurance Company's going to have to kick in with $35,000 to his beneficiary. And that's Marie Rochelle Portier. No relation. A girlfriend, I guess. It's almost a bank buster for AIC. So, you want me to see her? No! It'd be ticklish if it turns out to be legitimate. Now, you better look at the other angles before you see her. If AIC has to pay off to that dame, we might just as well say goodbye to their business. They can't stand much treatment like that. Well, you mean you want me to find a way for them to get out of it? I didn't say that! If it's legitimate, they'll pay. That's nice. What I want you to find out is how a guy carrying $35,000 worth of life insurance winds up croaked in a hotel on Main Street with two dimes and three pennies sitting on the dresser. It could happen. Sure, it could happen. But you find out why it could happen. Renzo's worth 23 cents alive and $35,000 dead. And the county's going to have to plant him. The insurance company doesn't like it, and I don't like it. How'd he die? Well, the coroner says it was a hard job. Insurance company? Insurance office says Renzo applied for the policy three weeks ago. It was approved ten days ago, and he kicks out today. Everything's fine on paper. So what am I supposed to do? Find out what isn't fine about what that physical Renzo passed. Now, you can start with the insurance doctor. Name him Maurice Wade. Get on him first. And call me if you run into any trouble. The 
place I was looking for turned out to be a brand-new three-story building on Wilshire Boulevard. In the hall, I could still smell wet plaster and cement. There was one name on the neon-lighted directory, Dr. Maurice Wade, Internal Medicine, Diagnosis, and the numbers 310. The sign on the self-service elevator said, Do not use. So I climbed the three flights of marble stairs. The first door at the top was 310. Enter. I entered. A blonde girl in a white uniform sitting at a small desk smiled up at me through sharp white teeth, showed me one well-shaped leg and two well-manicured hands, all routine stuff. How do you do? Have you an appointment? No, I don't. I was hoping I could see Dr. Wade without an appointment. Well, that's almost impossible. He's so busy these days. I'm Miss Porter, his nurse. Perhaps I can help you. My name's Regan, but I'm afraid I'll have to see him. Oh, Oh, if you don't mind, I'll just stick around and wait for him. Oh, he isn't in just now, and I was just about to go to lunch, Mr. Regan. Well, that's fine. We'll go together. Dr. Wade will be in at 2 o'clock. You can come back then. I get it. 2 o'clock. It was right then that my day began to change. I stepped outside the office door and walked over to the brand-new stairway of that brand-new building. Now, get this. I stopped a minute because... I thought I heard somebody opening the doctor's door. I turned around to take a look when I felt something brush my arm. The stairway suddenly turned upside down and began to walk up me. There was a lot of noise all around, and I was trying to yell for somebody to shut it off. It got louder and louder and louder. It was then I decided this wasn't routine. Thanks for helping me tote him upstairs. He'll be all right now. I'll take care of him. He'll be all right. He'll be all right. I was lying on a leather couch in a white room. A tall, thin man with a hooked nose seemed to be running things. He was waving an arm at a vague crowd of people near the door. Then somebody I couldn't see shoved a bottle under my nose. Give him a whiff of that. There you are. I think you'll be all right now. Now then, can you hear me, mister? No, don't try to move yet. Nothing broken, but you had quite a tumble for yourself, my friend. Quite a tumble. You might have been killed. That's what I was thinking. Somebody shoved me. What's that? I was shoved. <laughs> That's crazy. I was on the second landing when you come falling down. Wasn't anyone around? Why'd anyone want to shove a man down a flight of stairs? I don't know. You're just plumb bruised and battered, mister. When you get to thinking about it, you just got dizzy from the heat or something. How didn't you? Maybe. I'll show you. Mary, hand me that like a good girl. Here you are. Here. Try a little of this. <coughs> Thanks. That help? Yeah. Have another. You want me to call you a taxi, Mr. Regan? No, thanks. I got a car out in front. Well, better you rest up a minute or two longer, friend. My name's Wade, Dr. Wade. This is my office. Wade? You're the man I came to see. Well, I don't believe I know you. You one of my patients? Oh, this is Mr. Regan, doctor. I explained that you took patients only on appointment. Mm-hmm. Well, as long as you're here, Mr. Regan, what can I do for you? Well, I'm not a patient. I been retained by the American Insurance Company to investigate a claim concerning a former patient of yours, a man named Renzo. A private investigator. 
We're checking on a policy that was issued on him. You were the examining doctor. You don't represent the district attorney's office or anything like that? No, I don't. I'm with the International Detective Bureau. You don't have a warrant that says I have to show you my files. No, I don't. But I thought that as long as you were employed by the insurance company and you conducted the examination, that you well, let me... Give me, me back by... my bottle, mister. And then you can get on out of my office. Huh? And get out fast. If I'd have known you was something like that, I wouldn't have drugged you up here in the first place. Now get on out of here before I throw you out. Well, you can see how things stood between Dr. Maurice Wade and me. I walked out of the place with as much dignity as I had left. I had other plans. There were other files to look at and other people in the city I could talk to. Detective Sergeant Salvatore Wendetti, morgue detail, was sitting in his office, chewing on a cold cigar, reading a traffic bureau memorandum on the new liability laws. Well, 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 if it isn't Jeffy the Regan. How are you, Jeff? Boy, I haven't seen you in a long time. Pull up a chair. What happened? I fell down a flight of stairs. Mm, you ought to be more careful. Lots of people get killed doing things like that, so what can I do for you? Sally, I want you to find out about a man named John R. Renzo for me. He died this morning, and your office is handling it. Renzo, Renzo, Renzo. John R. Renzo. Johnny Renzo. Yeah, sure, we got him in the icebox now. I want to see him handle it myself. No, no, thanks. I know he's dead. What else? Well, never really a bad actor. Never really a good one, either. Mind you, all the boys in the beat knew him. Why? Come on, tell me some more. Well, he made Lincoln Heights jail about nine months out of 12 on a vag wrap, one thing or another, routine. Vagrancy? Just one of our lazier citizens, so he's dead now, so what's to it? He was insured for $35,000. Oh. <whistles> yep, that's what I'm thinking. So somebody's mighty glad to see little Johnny dead. Who gets it? Her name's Marie Rochelle Portier. No relation. Hot time in the old town tonight for her. Mm-mm. Tomorrow night. The insurance company has 24 hours to investigate. Ah, that's what you're doing. All right, Regan, what else? Well, you got the coroner's report? Oh, sure, sure. Right here, came in an hour ago. It was a heart job. You sure? Positive. No one deader than Johnny Renzo. It was bound to happen the way it did sooner or later. Was he an old man? Forty-five, fifty, maybe. You can never tell on that kind, but all of us around here knew it. Knew what? That his ticker's been bad for years. Every time he made the heights, I'd give him a soft job. Couldn't take a chance. Hey, look, Sally, are you telling me it was chronic heart condition? I'm telling you it was a chronic heart condition. Well, mm-hmm. I need that telephone. Ah, ah, not this one. Only inside call. Try, try the one across the street. Hello. This is me. I ran into some trouble. What kind of trouble? Well, you, you'll have to get me a warrant or something so I can get in that doctor's office. What? He wouldn't play ball. He threw me out. Now, the coroner's report shows that Renzo has a chronic heart condition. Then he never should have passed a physical. I thought that'd get through to you. But we'll have to find out what's in that doctor's office before we can do anything about it. Now, look, get a hold of one of those double-breasted lawyers and rig up a thing, will you? Hey, Melody, get my lawyer on the phone. They may take the rest of the day to get you in there legal, and we haven't got the time. So get busy. I just told you I can't get in. If I can't get in, I... Can't get in. I hung up the phone and stepped out of the booth and crawled into my car. I was sitting there fumbling with the keys, wondering how I was going to get to those files when somebody else figured it out for me. He was a big man in a brown sport coat. Take it easy, Pilgrim. I just want to talk to you a minute. Well, that's tough, Pilgrim, because I don't want to talk to you. I've had a busy day and I... Wait, oh! 
wouldn't try anything like that, Pilgrim. I just got here. Ain't no lots of holes. Come on, this one's just basic. I can tear your arm right off if I have to. You... Wake up, Seamus. I'm here on business. Yeah? What kind of business? You just been in to see when Daddy? Sure, I've been in to see him. He's a friend of mine. Why the muscle act? Just to make sure you don't start hollowing your brains out or something. Let go of Okay, so what did he say? What did he say about what? You know what. Renzo. Well, the county's going to bury him. More, Seamus. <laughs> Keep talking. Only makes sense. He's dead for good. <laughs> More. He died of a heart attack this morning. Somebody gets 35,000 bucks because of it. And you've been seeing people, a doctor, when daddy... Uh, day next on your list? Maybe. Oh, is that what you want to know? Yeah. You're a good boy, Regan. Now, here's what you want to know. You forget everything you know about anything. You don't say a word to nobody. No one. Understand? No one. Not even your own mother. Just forget it. Right. Now, remember, not a word to anybody. Or else. I wonder if you'd do as good without a gun. I'll see you later, Pilgrim. Sure you will. Sure you will. But in case we miss connections, and so as you won't forget me, here's something to remember me by. So long, Pilgrim. Return to Jeff Regan, investigator, in just a moment. The Army Nurse Corps Reserve still has commissions available. If you're a graduate registered nurse between the ages of 21 and 45, you may be eligible for a commission in the Army Nurse Corps section of the regular officer's reserve. Those who meet the high standards and qualify to serve with this fine organization may elect active or inactive status. Nurses requesting inactive status will continue with civilian nursing, but stand ready to serve in time of emergency. In addition, they have the opportunity to take advantage of special training courses. Nurses who request active status enjoy the same pay and privileges as all other officers. Graduate work is provided at the Army's most modern teaching centers, and the nurses obtain educational experiences that benefit them in both civilian and military nursing. Now, if you believe you qualify for a commission in the Army Nurse Corps Reserve, apply to the Adjutant General, Washington 25, D.C. That's the Adjutant General, Washington 25, D.C. And now, back to the story of the Lonesome Lady and Jeff Regan... Investigator. This wasn't routine either. It was brass knuckles, a big man in a brown sport coat on the front seat of my car. I guess I fell onto the horn into my steering wheel. I couldn't seem to sit up straight and get away from the noise. Hey, don't you like peace and quiet? Hey, come on, sit up. Oh. Oh. 
What happened to you? I don't know exactly. I don't know. Gee, even your face is cut up a little bit. You have an accident or a smash-up? Yeah, something like that. You want me to call a cop? No, no. I'll handle this myself. Yeah, but don't you think you ought to go home and get some rest? Uh, maybe you ought to find yourself a sawbone or something. Huh? Yes, sir. Maybe you ought to find yourself a doctor to kind of fix you up. You're right. You're absolutely right. Yeah, that's a good boy. You take care of yourself, Jim. Says doctor on the door, doesn't it? The office is still open, isn't it? Yes, but I thought Dr. Wade told you that he didn't want you here. I heard him, but this is different. If he doesn't see me now, I'll phone the state medical board and the lawyer and anybody else who's handy and make him a first-class Simon Legree for refusing me emergency treatment. Now, cut him out. Oh, you're hurt, Mr. Regan. Oh, please sit down. Sit down right here. Where's your doctor, lady? Oh, he isn't in here. He's already gone for the day. Let me see. What happened? You tell me, lady. I'm just a peaceful citizen looking for a doctor. Um, uh, sit still. That's a nasty bruise on your forehead. Yeah. I got some better ones where a man tried to cave in all my ribs. Um, hold still. Lift up your face to the light. Uh, uh, That's better. Oh. Tender? Uh-huh. First the stairs, now this. You've had quite a day, Mr. Regan. Maybe you ought to quit. Uh, hold that right there. While I touch up this cut on your chin. Uh, who'd you say you uh, worked for? International Detective Bureau. I'd resign if I were you. They're working you too hard. What's happened lately isn't exactly routine. What happened lately? Well, I found out that the man who died this morning had a chronic heart condition and he should have never been insured. Your doctor's in this up to his ears for passing him. Go on. A big man in a brown sport coat doesn't want anybody to look into anything. He's the one who did this. That's right. Hmm, that should hold you. Thanks. Oh, wait a minute. Where do you live? Huh? Your address. I'm coming over to your place tonight. You are? If what you say is true, my doctor's going to get 5 to 15 in San Quentin for doing a fix on an insurance examination, and I might be dragged into it. And I wouldn't want that to happen. So? So I'm digging up that file and bringing it over to your place, and we'll see what's what. Why not look at it right now? Isn't here. We just moved to this place three days ago, and half the stuff is still in the old office. All right. I'll buy that. Try 1720 North Taft, 308. In about two hours. Why so long? You need some rest. Besides, your shirt's bloody. Well, what was that name? John R. Renzo. R-E-N-Z-O. All right. You can expect me. Feel better now? Uh, yeah, much better. Oh. You know, you freeze me, lady. Your boss throws me out. You fix me up. You help me. Maybe I wouldn't have fallen down those stairs if you hadn't sent me out to eat alone. 
Call me Mary if you like. I thought it'd be something like that. Mine's Jeff. I've had a hard day, Mary. I know. But maybe it'll be a better day from now on, Jeff. You know, I had a feeling I was going to like you. It was just about then that I remembered the beneficiary. She was my last call. I bucked beach traffic out Wilshire and pulled up in front of the Beverly Hills address Lyon had given me. A row of brass mailboxes on the outside of a four-unit court told me that Marie Rochelle Fortier lived there. The man in overalls watering the lawn blinked at me, frowned at the cut on my chin, pointed to his own, and shook his head. I nodded back, wondering what Marie Rochelle Portier, or whoever she might be, whatever her racket might be, looked like. I found out. Yeah? It was the big man without his brown sport coat. This time it was swimming trunks, and he looked as big as the super chief. I threw my whole arm into his face. He staggered backwards into the room trying to get his balance. I let him have another one in the stomach. He was out of condition. One more, and his chin was cut. went down, taking a lamp, a card table, and a glass of warm lemonade with him. Oh, yeah. It's real good to see you again, Pilgrim. All right, Jameis. All right, you. You're the champ. Come on, get up. Get up. If I might have known I was going to find you here. Where's your girlfriend? No, no, no. Just a minute. Oh. I said, where is she? She ain't around. Ain't no one around but me. Honest. Okay, you give it to me. What are you talking about? Oh, you, I've met citizens like you before. Oh. Now, come on, make it straight. Oh, all right, all right. Oh, you busted my head. I'll make it straight. Marie's my girlfriend. She calls me today, tells me what you look like. Tells me where you'll be. Tells me what to do. I do it. She knows who an insurance stick will go to. All right, go I on. catch you at the morgue. You're nosy. She says to rough you up a little bit, make you forget what you're doing for a while. I find you like she says and do what she says. And, uh, nothing personal, in it. What about the doctor? He split with you and her? Ain't no doctor in on it, just me and Marie. How'd she fix it for Renzo to get insured? I don't know. She's got connections. She gets around. That smart guy. Come on, spell. Honest, honest. That's it, Shamus. That's all. That's all there is to it. We've worked it a couple of times before. I don't know how she fixes it, but she does. I... Do all the heavy work and we get along fine. Now and then somebody gets excited and I have to cool him off for a time. But, but well, that's it. Straight, honest. Hey, what are you doing? Shut up. Well, now don't call the cops. Give me a break, will you? Will you shut up? Lance, me. Regan, where have you been? I'm calling from the address of Marie Rochelle Portier. I told you not... Look, there's a big ape here who roughed me up today, trying to put me out of commission. I don't care about that. We have only 12 hours. Come on out and pick him up and get a statement for a warrant. Warrant for who? For Marie Rochelle Portier. This monkey can give you enough to have her picked up. She's the one we want. You sure about that? I found out that the doctor who wouldn't let you into his office is in a lot of trouble. Got a wife suing him for divorce, and he no, might have no, been trying... No, no, it's the Portier dame we want. As soon as you get a warrant on her, it'll make that insurance policy invalid. I still don't trust that doc. It's early yet. Why don't you oh. hop over? You bringing the cops out here? Look, Seamus, I got a little dough, and it, it'd come to more than a ten a day in expenses you're getting if you're now you will Now you. Stay here, Pilgrim. I'm tired. I'm going home.
about me? No. The janitor let me in. I told him you were my brother. That's nice. You didn't come straight home and get some rest. Oh, I had a couple of things to do first. Well, sit down. I've fixed you a drink. Good. Hot day and all. Thanks. Now, uh, tell me about your doctor, huh? Hmm? Some things I know already. His wife's suing him for divorce, trying to get every penny he's got. He doesn't like me. That's it. Or maybe he just doesn't like any private detective or anybody else who might be working for his wife, huh? Maybe. Uh, and if I can spot a man who's being taken to the cleaners, he's one. He's pretty touchy these days about all the trouble she's probably caused him. What's this got to do with us? The stars are coming out. Uh, just straightening out. Well, if that's the way things are with him, then my job's finished. Good. Now we can relax. Mm-hmm. You've been working much too hard. Jeff, put your arms around me. Feels good. Good to have arms around you in a big city like this. Such a big city. So many people. Mm-hmm. You're nice, Jeff. Sometimes it's so lonely. And sometimes it's like this. Sure. Sure, Marie. Darling. (laughs) Marie Port here, Mary Porter, it's all the same to me. No, don't reach for it, lady. I took it out of your purse. You I know, I tricked you. I've been wanting to trick somebody ever since you shoved me down that flight of stairs this morning, ever since you shagged your big boyfriend on me. I'll kill you. I'll kill you. No, not today you won't. I'm not insured. All right, take it easy. Oh, let me go, Jeff. Let me go, please. You were so lonely in the big city that you just sat down and passed time making out phony medical reports and counting the insurance checks that you collected on bad bets. Oh, please, Jeff. I... Oh, just let me go, please. So you have me thinking that a doctor's phony when the only thing that's bothering him is a wife and a divorce suit. Oh, Jeff, listen to and me. And when I start getting close, you try to scare me off. And when I get really close, you figure to drop over and put on a good act. Oh, Jeff, Jeff, listen to me. They'll send me to prison. They'll, they'll make me grow old and ugly there. Oh, Jeff, please, please let me go. I'll do anything. Oh, Jeff, you can let me go. You can, you can. You will. Oh, please, Ryan, Jeff. It's me please again. Me Got that warrant? Yeah, he oh, spilled. Please. Where are we going to find that Dave? Please. She's probably skipped. Oh, no, Jeff. she's at my place. What? Do anything, Look, anything. Get somebody over quick, will you? Oh, please. Get him over while she's still here. Please. Well, I told it all to the lion and. He told it all to the American Insurance Company, and they renewed our contract. She's being arraigned next Monday. What happens after that is up to the jury. Melody had a question. Jeff, what do you think they'll do to her? Well, she'll get about ten years, I guess. If, um, if Mr. Lyon hadn't had that contract with AIC, would you have turned her in? Sure, I'd have turned her in. It's my job, isn't it? Well, it's a big city. A lot of lonesome people down there. They allowed her one call when they took her to jail. 
she called here asking for you. Jeff, why did she do that? I don't know, Melody. I don't know. The easiest way to save for the future is to buy United States savings bonds. Your nearest post office bank or savings and loan association can accommodate you. Or you can buy bonds on the payroll savings plan. Just ask your employer to start deducting for a bond a month. A bond a month is good security for the years to come. For money in the future, buy United States savings bonds now. You'll be glad you did. Jack Webb is starred as Jeff Regan, with Wilms Herbert as Anthony J. Lyon. Eve McVeigh was heard as Mary Porter, and Ken Christie as the big man. It's CBS, same time next week, for hard-boiled action and mystery with Jeff Regan, investigator, as he tells the story of the lady with the golden hair. Jeff Regan, investigator, is written by E. Jack Newman, produced and directed by Gordon T. Hughes, with original music by Del Castillo. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.